Freedom, man. That's what it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom, like the good book says. listening to what on earth is happening this show will discuss the topics of human consciousness mind control natural law the occult and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of earth what on earth is happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome one and all, you're listening to What on Earth is Happening right here on the Republic Broadcasting Radio Network. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. The network's website, republicbroadcasting.org. Today is Saturday, September 13th, 2014. This show, as always, is live every Saturday evening from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern Time. That's 9 p.m. to midnight Central Time. We have another good show lined up for you here tonight. I'm going to be continuing, of course, to cover the extended Cosmic Abandonment presentation. Cosmic Abandonment is an extended audio series that deals with the connection between the interference theory of human origins, as I like to call it, with the current human condition. And uh, tonight on the show, we're going to be talking about... uh, how we can look at the group dynamics of certain different groups of individuals in the world who are uh, what you might say part of the problem, who you might say are part of the problem, and why they continue to remain in uh, that kind of state of inactive consciousness and uh, looking into the ancient reasons that humanity was plunged into a state of unconsciousness and um, you know how that explains so much about why people behave the way that they do in the times that we are living in. So that's coming up on this edition of What on Earth is Happening. I will be taking calls in hour number three of the show tonight. So if you want to call in and discuss uh, anything that we've covered thus far or ask any questions or make any comments, uh, I will be taking calls in the third hour. The call-in number to join us if you would like to get in the caller queue is 800 313 Once again, the call-in number. I'll be taking calls in hour number three. The call-in number to join us, 800-313-9443. 
I do have a couple of quick event announcements before we jump into the uh, topic uh, that we're going to be talking about this evening. Uh, I was interviewed on the show Truth Warrior, hosted by David Whitehead on the Truth Frequency Radio Network on Monday, September 8th, 2014, last week. Uh, we covered uh, that the, one of the main topics was the interference theory of human origins. We talked a little bit about the origins of government and religion and money, uh, the, the social institutions essentially that control humankind and keep us in slavery. We talked about the belief in authority, uh, about order followers and how they come to be uh, you know, in that state of consciousness. And uh, we talked about taking you know, caring enough to take right action to create, uh, to, to start influencing people and creating positive change in this world. So uh, that interview is up on the whatonearthishappening.com website in the news section, and it's uh, listed in the latest news on the left-hand side of the site. Uh, I will be um, conducting an all-day seminar, live, one-time only, all-day seminar, called Demystifying the Occult. This is presented by Pattern Recognition Time. This will be taking place Saturday, October 4th, 2014 in Manchester, Connecticut. Uh, We'll be starting at 9 a.m. There will be an introductory presentation by Arthur Capozzi. uh, And then, um, you know, the the, uh, seminar will be continuing until 8 8 p.m. that evening. So it's a a full day of uh, jam-packed with uh, esoteric information on what the occult exactly is. Why should people know about it? What kind of knowledge comprises the occult? Who possesses such knowledge and what are the ways in which they use that knowledge? How is occultism different from mysticism or mystical practices? Uh, What can we learn from the secret language of symbolism? And how is symbolism being used uh, to influence us in our everyday lives? These and many more uh, topics and issues will be covered in this all-day seminar. I also will be breaking down the esoteric symbolism of the major arcana of the tarot deck in the second part of this seminar. So uh, this is coming up once again Saturday, October 4th, 2014 in Manchester, Connecticut at 175 Pine Street in Manchester, Connecticut, 06040. There is free parking available at the Manchester History Center. The advance tickets for this seminar are only a $25 donation. You can send a check or money order made payable to Arthur Capozzi, that's C-A-P-O-Z-Z-I, Capozzi, at 500 Monroe Turnpike, Suite 142, Monroe, Connecticut, 06468. At the door tickets on the day of the event are only a $30 cash donation. Um, I will be presenting another all-day seminar in Kansas City, Missouri. This is the first time I'm actually publicly announcing this. Uh, I basically confirmed this and set up the travel arrangements, so we are uh, definitely a go for Kansas City, Missouri on November 22nd, 2014, a very uh, highly synchronistic date there. Uh, I'll be speaking on the uh, anniversary of the Kennedy assassination, November 22nd. The seminar will be entitled Streetwise Spirituality Revisited, 
with a subtitle of True Awakening versus New Age Nonsense. So that the full title of this seminar is going to be Streetwise Spirituality Revisited, True Awakening versus New Age Nonsense. So the, the main uh, body of information that I'll be presenting will be done on November 22nd. And then there's going to be a second event. Uh, I don't know if it'll be hosted in the same venue. I, actually, I don't have the venueing information yet. That's still being confirmed. But uh, it is uh, going to happen November 22nd and 23rd. So the, on the 23rd, we'll be convening. Uh, it will just be me and the crowd for an extended question and answer session. So it'll be like two events. The seminar will be on the first night of the uh, of this uh, two-day seminar. And then there'll be an extended question and answer session so I could really get into fielding people's questions about this material on the second evening, November 23rd. That'll be Sunday, November 23rd. So actually, this is a two-day event. I will have more exact details coming up on the whatonearthishappening.com website and on this radio show very, very shortly. As soon as I have that information, it will be posted to the website and it will be announced on this show. So look for that coming up. I'll be in Kansas City, Missouri, once again, November 22nd and 23rd, 2014. Really looking forward to uh, meeting everybody out in Kansas City. So um, one other quick event announcement of the Free Your Mind 3 conference is set for early 2015. I don't have any more details on that one either, unfortunately, as of yet, but more details will be forthcoming regarding the Free Your Mind 3 conference. If you want to check out information on that conference, you can go to freeyourmindconference.com. The organizers are working really hard to make this uh, an unforgettable event coming up in 2015 with uh, top caliber caliber whistleblowers from all over the country that are going to get into the occult mind control and human consciousness. So um, uh, Free Your Mind is an event people absolutely will not want to miss coming up early next year. Ladies and gentlemen, stay with us. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening right here on RBN. We'll be right back after these words. listening to What on Earth is Happening here on Republic Broadcasting. Before the break, I had a few event announcements. I just have a couple of more quick things before we jump into the material for tonight. There is a donation button on the left-hand side of the whatonearthishappening.com website. If you feel that you've received valuable uh, value from the information that has been shared on both the whatonearthishappening.com website and radio show, you can feel free to make a voluntary donation to help support my work so that it can continue into the future. 
Um, and uh, uh, that having been said, I want to direct everyone's attention to the website on the radio show tab, of course, if you're listening there live. Uh, underneath the player for the broadcast for tonight, you'll see images for tonight's show. All right, folks, I apologize for that interruption. It appears that my um, my own internet connection went offline there for a while, and I apologize for that. It looks like my service provider has been having issues today. Uh, it's not the first time that it went down. It went down earlier today and then came back up, but it looks like uh, there may be some intermittent issues there, so I apologize for that interruption. I'll just jump back in where I uh, left off. I was um, uh, about to tell people about the uh, images for tonight's show. They're listed under the player, and uh, you'll see the Cosmic Abandonment slides um, in two parts. We've already covered part one of these slides. Uh, We were well into part two. Uh, We were talking about, again, uh, the kinds of group dynamics that uh, we observe in the world. And uh, we were asking the question that if we look at the, uh, the uh, events that happened in the ancient past that were um, directed and influenced by non-human entities that had interaction with humanity uh, and really were responsible for the origins of humanity as so many ancient texts uh, talk about, um, in light of that information, in light of that ancient knowledge, could we, do we, can we put together uh, a better psychological framework through which to understand groupthink dynamics and groupthink behavior that we observe in the modern world? So many different kinds of groups, you know, all the different kinds of statists, whether they're leftists, rightists, or you know, uh, minarchists, um, religionists. Uh, rigid skeptics and scientism followers, scientism worshipers, you know, uh, people who uh, join uh, with the state through mainstream media, you know, indoctrination and uh, propaganda, Um, new age religionists, you know, Uh, and, you know, we left off kind of talking about these uh, hopelessly naive type, uh, childish type uh, of people who buy into the new age uh, mumbo jumbo and then and the new age variant of of spirituality which doesn't have anything to do with real spirituality at all and they kind of want to ignore the negative things that are taking place in their reality and think that they could ignore reality and somehow prosper you know and somehow change it for the better through through ignorance and you know they they think if they ignore the abuses that are going on in the world somehow you know will magically be able to create something new and better and all those abuses will go away on their own and you know uh, last week i kind of ended the show trying to explain to people it just simply doesn't work that way the dynamic of consciousness and the laws of the universe just do not work that way without confronting the problem and working through it we're never going to heal it you know uh, you can't ignore it and have it go away on its own it just doesn't work uh, so you know the the next slide that we were going to move to uh, in this presentation was slide number 126 so last week we ended on 125 so I'm going to move to slide 126 this evening and talk about another uh, group dynamic that we see all too much of in the world today and these are the people who claim that they are very knowledgeable regarding what's going on in the world and yet they are inactive they are not actually truly motivated to do anything to create change in the world 
And uh, we'll pick up from there on the other side of this break. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to What on Earth is Happening. We'll be right back. You know the day destroys the night. Night divides the day. Try to run, try to hide. Break on through to the other side. Break on through to the other side. Break on through to the other side, yeah. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on RBN. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. Before the break, I was talking about the kind of people who claim to be knowledgeable about the dynamic that is taking place in our world, and yet they're actually completely inactive. They aren't really doing anything to try to change that dynamic. They'll just claim to be knowledgeable about it and say, oh, I know what's going on, and yet you know, they're not really doing anything to try to end slavery. They're not certainly not doing anything to try to reach other people, to reach their minds with information, you know, to, to uh, gain their attention and put out information that is structured, you know, uh, so that people can understand it readily, you know, and uh, they don't want to do the great work, you know. They want to complain about how other people are doing to explain things you know uh they want to they want to critique everybody else see you, you know you know what a critic is folks a real uh, an actual critic of somebody else's work who says who tries to pick apart you know other people's work instead of doing their own you know you, you could define a critic as someone who is so bad at x fill in the blank okay that they essentially make their life's work to complain or nitpick about someone who is actually doing X, fill in the blank, and that's the same thing as the the blank that was filled in in the earlier part of that equation. That's what a critic actually is. You know, if you really think about it, that's what it is. Uh, A movie critic is someone who has no talent in making movies or does so badly at doing something like, you know, using creative energy to make movies and tell stories that what they have become is somebody who does nothing but nitpick and complain about the way other people make movies, you know. Uh, an art critic is the same thing. They couldn't cut it as an artist themselves. So all they have to do is critique what other people do are actually doing in the, the realm of art. You know, a literary critic, it's the same thing. They're terrible writers who couldn't make it as, you know, someone in literature. So they ended up just critiquing somebody somebody else's work and making that their life's work. They're ultimately truly bitter human beings, bitter people who don't really actively engage in anything in the world. They're watchers, you could say. They're people who just watch life like it's some movie on a screen, you know. And it's anything but that. And they want to they complain about how other people are doing the actual work that they're doing. But yet, they're doing nothing. So, I mean, I'll give you a few examples. And again, I call these people the armchair quarterbacks, you know. And the, the image on slide 126, I think, brilliantly portrays this little statue there with a, uh, a fat guy with a beer in his hand, in one hand, and a remote control in the other hand on a, reclining, on a recliner in his living room with a football down, uh, you know, on the floor, watching the game on television and complaining about how, you know... Uh, 
you know, somebody uh, complaining about how somebody is is uh, playing the game yet has you know never been able to actually get on the playing field himself. So, you know, that's what that's what this is ultimately all about. It's about people who want to sit by, who want to watch, and who want to complain about people who are actually doing something. Um, you know, I, I've I've recently coined the term the semi-aware armchair quarterbacks because it isn't that they're they're not knowledgeable about anything. They're semi-aware. In other words, they have some of the knowledge about what's going on. They have, you know, bits and pieces of the puzzle here and there, but ultimately they're not truly fully aware. They're not really fully enlightened. So, you know, that's a little, um, you know, uh, 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 anagram, if you spell it out, semi-aware armchair quarterback, S-A-A-Q. The semi-aware armchair quarterbacks are SACs, S-A-A-Q-S, okay? And you could just use your imagination as to what I think they're SACs of, you know? But, uh, you know, all, all humor joking aside, um, these people really aren't helping the dynamic of the world at all. You know, all they're really doing is trying to detract from somebody else's work or try to make themselves feel better because they'll delve into the minutia of somebody else's work and say, oh, hey, this little tiny aspect you didn't get right. Or, oh, you, you put this huge article up here and you spelled a word wrong or, you, you, you know, you, you used incorrect grammar here in, in the 32nd paragraph of, of this, uh, you know, of this essay here. You know, and, and that it's it's utterly missing the point. These people utterly miss the point. They're not on the playing field. You know, they're not actually out there trying to create real world, real life change, because that's too hard work for them to do. You know, they're just lazy people who want to complain or want to nitpick somebody else's work. You know, um, it goes to this old adage: to know and not to do is not to know. So are they really, truly knowledgeable? And that's why I put knowledgeable in quotes on this slide. They claim, they're making the claim that they're knowledgeable, but when knowledge isn't backed by right action, what it is really a telltale sign of is that the person doesn't really have any depth of knowledge. They have periphery knowledge. That's why I call them the semi-aware armchair quarterbacks. They don't have real deep awareness. Okay, because if they had real deep awareness, they would be on the battleground. They would be on the playing field. They would be exposing evil in the world. They would be out there publicly, not hiding behind a keyboard as a keyboard commando, not making a YouTube video with some with some uh, you know um, uh, text overlays, not even using their own voice or something like that. You know, if you knew the real evil the real extent that evil is active in this world and has this world in its grip, and you really wanted to change that dynamic, you would already be on the field doing this work. If you really knew, that's why I say the people who aren't doing that, do they really truly deeply know? The answer has to be no. Because I'm telling you folks, if you knew the level of psychopathy that owns this world, and if you knew the people that, that I've been in the presence of, and I'm telling you, it, like I've said myself, I've never categorized it as high level dark occultism. It was what I admittedly call the Girl Scout level of the dark occult, okay, compared to where it goes, compared to the level that this hierarchy of evil goes to, okay? And just at that level... It shook me so to the core that I knew I had to get involved in this spiritual war on the side of good. 
by exposing it and t turning the light on it, shining a light on it and making people aware of what's out there. And you know, whenever I get people emailing or complaining or writing in a forum or whatever, or sending me an email about, I didn't do this right, or I don't like the way you cover this, or I don't like your delivery here, or this and that, it doesn't make a difference what they're complaining about. The person you know, sends me their name through their email address, or I could even look up their email address or whatever, okay? Well, you, you put their name into a search engine and invariably, it doesn't matter what search engine you, you happen to like or use, you put their name in there and most of the time these people's full name will be on, you know, the email header, okay? And invariably, you know, the kind of results you get? Absolute zero, nada, goose egg, nothing. There is none of their work out there shared with the public. They have no website, they have no book, they have no audio series, okay? They have no documentary, no video, no allegory that they've put out, no artwork, zero. The people who complain the loudest about other people's work don't have work of their own that they've shared with the world, that they've shared with humanity. They're claiming to have knowledge. They're claiming to be so knowledgeable about the dynamic that goes on, enough to say, you don't have this aspect right. You don't have this component right. You need to do this. You need to point this out. You need to research this or that. Well, where's their work? That's my question. And invariably, whenever you look up these people, there is nothing out there. There's zero out there with their name on it. They have shared nothing. They have put nothing out there for other people to take in at all, at all. What that tells me is two things. It tells me, one, they're not so knowledgeable as they would claim because if they were knowledgeable, okay, they'd feel the urge to share what they know with others. That's what drove the whole What on Earth is Happening series. That's what dr drives all my presentations. I've been filled with such information to a point where it has to go someplace. It's flowed in and now the energy has to flow back out into creation, into the universe, into other people. And so I have felt a desire to share it. You know, that's what being really in touch with the creative force is. You know, being really in touch with knowledge and wisdom is. You've taken it in, and then it has to go somewhere. It has to flow out, you know? But with these people who are the chronic complainers about everybody else's work, they've shared nothing themselves, which tells me they don't really know anything. We'll pick this up on the other side of the break, folks. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening right here on RBN. Stay with us. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on the Republic Broadcasting Network. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. We were talking about people who claim to be knowledgeable yet really don't 
um, publicly share their information. They don't want to put themselves out there for other people and open themselves up to critique. You know, they don't want to uh, do the work that it takes to logically structure information so that other people can readily absorb it and understand it. You know, slides don't make themselves, presentations don't make themselves. Audio series don't make themselves. There's a lot of organizational work that goes into it. There's a lot of creative work that goes into it. You have to uh, learn about the organization of information and how to present the information in a clear and concise way so that other people can grasp it. You know, and that's hard work. That's not something that you just, you know, suddenly do or, or that it suddenly comes together on its own. You know, um, and most people don't want to get involved in teaching. They don't want to. They don't want to become a teacher for other people. You know, they barely want to learn themselves. And these are people who basically they've learned a little bit. And it's that old adage. You know, a little learning can be a dangerous thing. You know, because they haven't really gone into the deep waters of knowledge and wisdom. And when you go into those deep waters, you recognize that once you have become knowledgeable, you have a personal responsibility to share what you know with others. That's what real wisdom is about. And these people don't have any real wisdom because they're not really uh, interested in sharing anything. They just want to absorb more. They want to take more in, take more in, take more in. And don't get me wrong, folks. I'm not even saying I, I was at a place like that in my life. I've talked about it and shared it publicly many times. Okay. I was at a point where I was just taking in more and taking in more. Never was the kind of person that would, you know, bother to spend the energy to write to somebody, you know, that even if I liked a whole bunch of their work and I disagreed with one little aspect of it and try to convince them, hey, I'll you know, you're wrong about this and don't cover it this way and you need to change this or that about your presentation or your presentation style. I never did that. I just accepted it and said, you know, what, what didn't feel right to me or what I, you know, had information uh, contradicting it that I, you know, felt it to be not correct. I just left it, you know, and that's it. But I, I was still at a point where all I was doing was taking things in and not putting much back out until I met a woman in the state of Virginia who basically told me, what makes you think you have a right to do that? And it hit me like a ton of bricks. It hit me like somebody hitting me in the face, that statement. You know, it was like, well, I don't know. You know, uh, she's like, what are you doing with all this knowledge that you are carrying around with you in that head of yours? And I said, well, not really much other than taking more in. And the, the answer came back, what makes you think you have a right to do that? As if it was like I was abusing what I had been given, literally. And it made her, her statement resonated with me. And again, she didn't say it in all that nice of a way. It was more like a, a, a kick in the rear end, like get to work, you know, you've become somebody who can be a teacher now get to work because that's what your responsibility is. And it, you know, it, like I said, it hit me like a lightning bolt and it was responsible for me starting to put information out there. And now that's what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to pass that lightning bolt along that energy, you know, cause there's so many people out there who are pretty knowledgeable and you know what they're doing? Zippo, nada, zero, you know, here's how you can gauge really, I feel. And again, people will say, oh, this is too harsh or, you know, it's not an accurate assessment or gauge of what somebody's doing. I personally feel that it is. Put, put your name into Google 
or into any search engine you like, okay? Start page, you know, if you don't like Google or Bing, I don't care what search engine you use. Wrap it in double quotes. Put your first and last name inside of double quotes so it searches for that phrase into a search engine and hit return and see what comes back. And you'll know whether you're putting information out there for other people to absorb, okay? That's all it really takes in the modern world to know who's putting information out there publicly, all right? Uh, And, uh, you know, if, if no valuable information comes back that can really transform the world and help to end the ignorance of humanity and thus to end human slavery, then that person who's the name who's wrapped in double quotes there is not engaged in the great work. Sorry to inform you of that or to burst your bubble. Okay? That's the gauge in the modern day. You know? So, you know, people want to want to debate that. They want to disagree with that. But I'm just here to try to tell you, like I said, I'm not here to win popularity contests. I'm here to tell people the harsh truth of the reality of the matter. Okay, And the reason people don't want to get involved in that fight is because they haven't developed the courage or the skill set to actually get on that battlefield and actually wage that war. They want to sit on the sidelines and think somehow uh, their watching is going to contribute to the outcome. It's, it's, it's part of this whole new age nonsense too, that we are here to be observers. We're not here to be observers, folks. We're here to be active participants in this spiritual warfare that's going on here on this planet. And hopefully to tip the scales toward the victory of good over evil. You know, but, you know, people will constantly debate that and, and think that, you know, oh, what you're saying is too, too harsh, Mark. You know, you're too harsh on other people. Well, I'm just trying to tell pe- people like it really is. So I, I, again, in these little sections, these little ad hominem attacks that I'm going through on all these different group dynamics of the people who are really holding humanity back um, through their inaction, through their either their action or their inaction, you know, uh, in, in the cases of people who are dominators and people who are involved in the system and are supporting slavery and are supporting government, etc., you know, and are actively involved in the control system dynamic through their actions, they're supporting slavery. And then you have people in the new age movement in religion, the armchair quarterbacks through, through their inaction, they're enslaving humanity. So I give people a little, uh, you know, vitriolic quote, you know, of what they're really saying to the world without actually saying it. And after each section, when I go through the person involved or the group involved in these groupthink dynamics, I apply this little vitriolic phrase to what they're really about, you know. And slide number 127 has this phrase regarding the semi-aware armchair quarterbacks, okay, the sacks. And here's their, here's their, their little saying. They say, I know all about what's going on in the world. Can't you see how well I'm putting all that knowledge to use as I sit in my armchair and drink my beer and change the channel on my remote control? Can't you see how how wonderfully I'm putting all the knowledge I've taken into my mind to use in the world to actually change the dynamic here on earth? Yeah, it's doing so much good, let me tell you. Now, I mean, I don't know how I could really possibly be more vitriolic about this. I mean, if you can't hear the total 
acidity and bitterness and sarcasm, etc. in my voice. I don't know what to tell anybody, you know? It's so clear to me how I feel about people who act like this. They're children. I mean, it all comes back to that tree of evil, folks. The people who are engaged in those dynamics, okay, who aren't really doing the work upon themselves, and even if they have done a limited amount of work upon themselves, aren't putting information out there for others to influence others because they don't really understand how the great work uh, works, okay? They're children. They haven't grown up. They're part of the dynamic that's keeping humanity enslaved, okay? Underneath willful ignorance, the fear of owning personal responsibility, underneath that, self-loathing due to lack of self-respect because of some kind of parental abandonment issues. These people don't truly love themselves. They don't think that they're good enough. They don't think that they're worthy. They don't want to work upon themselves enough to actively engage in the spiritual dynamic that we have truly come here to engage in, which is to affect the minds of other people once we understand the truth ourselves, to help them to understand the truth so we can all end slavery on this planet. Okay, And that's what these people ultimately want no part in doing because they're too worried about nitpicking somebody else's work. It's the attitude of a little child. Okay, That's all it really is. That's all we're talking about here. People who have not grown up mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. As I've said, that's what this section is ultimately about. Okay, So let's move on to... Uh, I would say this is the last group I'm going to really launch a uh, acidic, vitriolic attack against. And ultimately, I would say that this group is the number one responsible group that is creating the slavery dynamic on earth. That they're the people. If one group of people you had to point the finger at, you had to point blame at, Okay, and there's another thing New Agers don't want you to ever, ever say. They want to eradicate that word from the English vocabulary. There's no such thing as blame to a New Ager. Okay? Nobody's ultimately responsible for what's going on. Not really. You know? We'll pick this up on the other side of the break, folks. Stay with us. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. We'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on Republic Broadcasting. We're into the second hour of the show for this evening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website is whatonearthishappening.com. We've been talking about the different group dynamics that keep humanity enslaved. You know, we've talked about religionists. We've talked about rigid skeptics, the people who worship at the altar of scientism, of government-funded science. We've talked about... Um, people who believe in the legitimacy of slavery because they believe in the legitimacy of the state, you know, uh, believers in government, Um, you know, regardless of what their political flavor are, conservative, uh, liberal, minarchist, as if there is such a thing. Uh, We've talked about people who take part in the farce that is mainstream media, 
We've talked about the very naive, childlike mentality of the New Age movement community. Uh, we've talked about the knowledgeable yet inactive people that I refer to as the semi-aware armchair quarterbacks who critique everybody else's work yet put none of their own out into the world for people to learn from. And now we're moving into what I would call the dynamic that truly creates slavery at the highest level. And if there is one group of individuals that bears the brunt of the moral culpability, meaning the moral responsibility or blame for what is happening on the earth right now to our species, meaning the enslavement of humanity, the continued and perpetual enslavement of humanity, it is the group of people known as the order followers, those who act without first verifying that the action that they are going to take with their own body is in harmony with natural law or is actually a right, in other words, as opposed to a wrong behavior that they should not be enacting toward another being. And this group, the order followers, is who I call the least mature. These are the least developed beings on earth. They are the people who have not matured mentally, emotionally, psychologically, and most of all, they have they are the least matured spiritually out of any other people and any other groups of people on the earth. The order followers, the people who will listen to somebody else's orders, again, without first determining for themselves, on their own, through knowledge, whether the behavior they are about to take is a right or a wrong, and yet they will just do the behavior for whatever justifications they will come up with in their mind, are the actual most responsible people for the enslavement of humanity and the continuation of that enslavement. So, you know, I should just really say the continuation of that enslavement. Really, that's what they're, the dynamic they're taking part in. Because even if you want to say humanity was made as a slave species, okay, through no fault of our own did we come into that, that condition, what keeps us in that condition is people who are willing to follow orders. And again, it, I want to make it clear here, it does not matter the justification doesn't make a difference why you thought it was okay to perform an action that was actually a wrong. See, this is where the rest of humanity who aren't order followers and who see the problem in order following still have to come to grips with what's really going on in this group of people. The problem here is that people want to make excuses for the order followers. This is what we are all too... Um, predisposed to do, it seems, okay? We want to say, well, why did they follow that order? Why did they feel that it was necessary for them to perform that action? What were they thinking? What kind of wrong thinking process was going on in their brain? What kind of illogical thought processes was happening? And I'm not saying don't look at those things. That's very important to understand psychologically, those dynamics, okay? To understand what people in these completely wrong ways of thinking have going on in their minds, how the wheels are turning inside their cobweb brain, Okay, it's important to understand the ways that they're thinking. I'm not saying don't look at that dynamic. 
However, what I'm trying to get people to grasp, and this is one of the hardest things to get people to understand, is that those things ultimately do not matter when it comes down to the result that natural law processes bring to humanity in the aggregate. Okay, I know that's a mouthful, but really try to understand and follow what I'm saying here. Okay, it's highly important. As a matter of fact, it's so important, I am definitely going to make an entire presentation about nothing else but order followers at some point in, in the future. More likely than not, uh, I'll just, you know, as a brief aside, uh, briefly talk about this. I'm probably going to beginning to step away from some of the approaches that I've been doing for a while. First of all, because some of the times they, you know, they just get... Uh, long in the tooth and you get tired of doing the same exact thing and I want to change up the approach and see if different things work you know and uh, you can get tired doing this too and I don't want to burn out completely because I've gotten to a point where I felt like I was burning out and I, I want to sustain what I'm doing and reach new people okay and have more of an impact so people may notice I've pulled back from radio interviews on other people's shows to focus on the material I'm covering here on this show and to focus on my own uh, presentation work and tra and traveling to other places to uh, you know interact dynamically with people live in person at, in, in other venues and I'm going to kind of continue that policy and I really don't want to do more more than like one maybe two interviews a month uh, us on, on other shows other uh, you know that are not my own uh, radio show and it's not that, you know, I'm trying to, you know, just, uh, you know, not do this anymore. It's it's just I want to keep it fresh. And at, at, at some point, you begin to tire of saying the same things over and over and over again in such, you know, continuous progression. So I've, I've done the whole interview circuit, I guess you could say, the whole round of, of interviews on other radio broadcasts, and I fully appreciate all the people offering me to come on the, to their shows. You know, they don't have to in, extend that invitation to me, but they, they have, and I've accepted and done many shows. I've, I'm kind of tapering that off a little bit and keeping it as a, a slow, you know, progression where I do maybe one or two a month. But um, uh, the other uh, thing... That I want to um, ultimately do is. There's a code of silence and it can't go wrong. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on RBN. I apologize uh, before this last break. Uh, my internet connection uh, fluctuated again and uh, I was down for the last uh, several seconds of that last segment. Hopefully uh, things will uh, stay up this time and uh, we won't have any continued interruptions. But uh, uh, once again, I apologize for that. So let me go back to the material uh, regarding order followers and what I was saying about how I was going to uh, begin to try to try some different approaches uh, about how I try to reach people. And um, I think one of the things that I'm going to do instead of traveling as much uh, to a lot of different places because it seems like what, what ends up ultimately happening in those instances is the um, uh, transportation industries that are ultimately com compliant and complicit with the state in their control mechanisms end up making a whole lot of money. And 
I really, and this is my problem with conferences as well, where you have to pay to bring all these people together. And I'm not saying it doesn't have a, an extraordinary effect. There is a, a compromise there somewhere. But ultimately, when you give a whole lot of resources and energy to these companies that are really doing nothing but uh, being complicit in their enslavement of humanity, it, you have to start to ask yourself, is there another way of doing this? And we have the digital technology to reach more people than we ever could in physically in person. And I know people like to interface with people in person and see them and meet them and get a feel for them. But it's, um, I, I think ultimately we can reach more people doing things locally and sharing it online. So this is one of the things that I really want to start moving toward and focusing on. You know, I could... Um, uh, do some presentations here in Philadelphia again, like I was in years uh, past, and host them here and record them both, you know, uh, with uh, audio and video, or even if I just did audio recording and then put my voice to my slides of the live presentation. I've done that in the past, like for the Streetwise Spirituality seminar, the first one that I gave. Uh, which was in, uh, I'm sorry, not, not, not Streetwise Spirituality, my uh, New Age BS Revisited presentation that I gave in Asheville. Uh, I put my digital slides with full animation and motion to my voice that was recorded at that seminar. I could do things, things like that and then share that widely and freely online and reach a whole lot more people than just the amount of people that could come to a live physical seminar. Just like we reached a whole lot more people with the Free Your Mind videos than actually attended those conferences. You know, 250 people may have attended year one, maybe 300, 350 year two. But, um, you know, millions of people, ultimately, those videos reached in the aggregate numbers of all those presentations combined. And, you know, how many people shared them with other people. So it's, it's a numbers game. And I think we have to use, uh, you know, every means at our disposal for reaching p new people, not just preaching to the choir in person. And I think digital media is, of course, the way of doing that and, you know, getting that digital information into as many people's hands as possible with the intent and helping to share the intent with them that this information needs to be shared as widely and freely as possible with whoever needs to see and hear it. So with that being said, I, I am in the future planning on giving a presentation here in Philadelphia. I don't have a time, a date, a venue set just as yet, but I will soon. Uh, that is going to be exclusively about the dynamic of order following and order followers themselves and how they are ultimately the people who are the most responsible for the continuation of human slavery. And I'm going to get into all the dynamics about why do they do these things? What's going on in their psychology? What are they feeling? What are they experiencing? What are they undergoing? What happened earlier in their lives that made them behave like this? What kind of childhood, childhood traumas could they be wrestling with? What kind of personal dynamics could they be wrestling with? You know, we'll get into all of that. But then I'm going to really talk about natural law, and I'm going to talk about the way people misunderstand how natural law applies to order followers, where it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not like a person sitting there with, natural law is not like a person sitting with someone, like with a clipboard, with their personal history, and all the, the, the dynamics that are going on in their mind, and the reasons why they might possibly take the behaviors that they're taking. It doesn't work like that. This is, this is people who try to 
overly personalize laws of nature, okay? And they see karmic consequence as something that is more like how a person behaves, where a person might look at someone else's decisions and say, well, could you explain to me what your motivating factors were for behaving like that, okay? Natural law does not work like that, ladies and gentlemen. If you think it works like that, you don't understand what natural law is at all, at all. And again, I... I make an extrapolation. I make a, I try to liken this to physical laws. If a person who is not knowledgeable about how gravity works to pull, you know, a, a, a an object of a certain amount of mass toward another object of a certain amount of mass, in, in, in a case like a human body that is going over the edge of a cliff toward the center of of the gravitational mass of the earth, okay? And therefore resulting in a bad day for a person that goes over the edge of that cliff. Gravity doesn't sit there and like a human being say, well, hey, there's a two-year-old child, toddler, uh, wandering over toward the edge of this 300-foot tall cliff. And she just doesn't know any better, this little girl, you know? She just doesn't really know what she's doing. And if she steps off the cliff because she wonders what's on, what's at the bottom of this ravine, and I don't really understand that, you know, setting my, my foot toward the edge of that ravine and, you know, uh, taking a step over the edge is going to ha- result in me having a very bad day. This girl just simply doesn't understand how the, that law of gravity, that law of nature operates. Well, gravity doesn't sit there like a human being and say, but, but she doesn't understand but she she can't possibly comprehend this. It doesn't care. It's a law that's in effect in the universe. Well, the laws that govern behavior are no different than the laws that govern physical dynamics, physical interaction of matter. They're no different than that. They're impersonal laws. They are not personal interactions. In, in consciousness, like the interaction between one person and another person. That's a personal interaction. The laws of nature that deal with the consequences of behavior, spiritual laws, moral laws, what I simply refer to as natural law, does not care about the why regarding what you chose. All it cares about is that you chose a specific way of behavior. A specific modality of behavior was chosen. Well, then it goes into the computer program and it says, well, hey, if you press the A letter on the keyboard of the universe, the letter A has to be displayed on the screen of the universe. That's it. And if this behavior was chosen, this is the result that's going to be displayed in creation. This is the result you're going to get back from creation, period, the end. It doesn't make an exception. It doesn't, it doesn't care about why you chose that, you know? It, it, it's just like if you add heat into a system, you, you put, you're adding heat into it thermodynamically. It doesn't care about why you added it into the system. When you program code into a computer, it doesn't ask you, are you fully aware about why you're coding this, this line of code the way you are? It just accepts the input and it gives you back the output invariably. We'll pick this up on the other side. Stay with us, folks.
Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on RBN. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. In the last uh, few segments, I've been talking about order followers and how they're simultaneously the least mature and the least developed spiritually out of all the people of humanity. Yet they are the most morally culpable and the most personally responsible for the continuation of the dynamic of slavery here on the planet Earth, of human slavery here on Earth. And I was saying that I'm going to make it uh, you know, a big part of my future work to really focus on the dynamic of order following. Because people really do not understand how order following and natural law interact in nature. You know, they, they don't grasp this. They, um, they think that it's some kind of a personal dynamic. And it looks like my connection is down once again. I'm not sure if I'm coming through over the air or not. But it looks like my connection is either breaking up Seems like I'm having nothing but technical issues tonight. I apologize for that again, folks. It looks like my internet provider is still having issues. But um, I'll just jump right back into talking about uh, order followers being the most morally culpable people for the continuation of human slavery. And how people who even look at the dynamic of order following have to come to a higher level understanding about how, about how order following works in conjunction with natural law. That it isn't a, in, a personal force at work in the universe. It's an impersonal force, natural law, and it does not, it does not use human rationalization and justification to determine why you chose the behavior that you chose. All natural law, quote unquote, looks at, okay? What I'm really saying is it's not even looking at anything. It's a computer program. It's it's a computer. It's not a computer program. It's a computer, okay? It's like a computer. You input something into it and it is processed and then it gives you a result as an output. That's all. That's all natural law does. So you're programming something into it by the behavior that you take. And it doesn't ask why. Just like, does a computer ask, why are you coding this particular line of code? Even if it's an absolute jumbled garbage of nonsense that a compiler wouldn't even recognize and you would just get absolutely bad output on the screen. No. It does not care. You can write all the bad code you want and a computer program is, the computer is going to allow you to do it. Just like it will allow you to write flawless code into it. Okay? It's there to accept the input. That's what natural law, the dynamic of natural law is there to do. It's there to accept the input of your behavior. And then, depending on what input, what you input, it's going to give you a particular consequence or output. Period. And there's nothing personal about it. This is actually a gift of the creator of the universe called free will. We are free to input into the big computer called the universe whatever we wish and to get back the result from the universe depending on what we input or encoded into it, programmed into it, period. And this is what people do not understand about the dynamic of order following. They think that the universe, God, creation, whatever you want to call it, 
okay? Sits there like a person with, you know, a, a file on someone and says, well, uh, you know, Thomas here has a wife and four children, and he has to make a certain amount of money to, to support these people. And so he's going to take his job as a good little obedient order follower of the state and suppress and oppress anybody that the state, that his superiors in the state tells him to go out and suppress or oppress. And so therefore, I'm going to take into account, you know, that he did this because he felt he had to put what he was backed into a corner. This was the only way he felt he could make money, you know, uh, and this was the only way he could support his family. Natural law doesn't do that, folks ever it says is this the dynamic of behavior that this being chose to put into creation well then boom here's more of that dynamic that's it if the and if this is contributing to slavery overall in the aggregate well then that's what you're going to get back as a result period doesn't care it's not it's not like a person that sits there and tries to figure out can you explain to me why you did what you did and then maybe I'll have some leniency on you. Doesn't care. And you know what? This is one of the things that I get the most flack, the most resistance from people on. This is why, because the ego doesn't want it to work that way in nature. This is the force of the ego. The ego wants there to be some justifications for why people follow their orders. It wants to be some reason why we can excuse these people. It wants to be some reason why the morality, the laws that govern morality in the universe are not absolute. It's trying to look for the relativistic out. And there is no such thing. It doesn't exist in nature. Okay. All right. Uh, had another drop out there. I'm just going to continue where I left off. So, um... Again, uh, th this is just like any other physical law trying to explain how these laws of consciousness work. They're just as unwavering and they're just as absolute anywhere in creation. And this is what the ego doesn't want to be true. What people ultimately want is for that not to be the case. They want to be the arbiters of truth and they want to say that somehow creation looks at the justifications and the reasoning that was going on in your mind, however flawed that so-called reasoning may be, the flawed justifications that are running through the minds of people for why they chose certain behaviors. Okay? So, um, I have to do more work really clearly exposing this dynamic, and that's going to be the, the focus of my upcoming work. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. No dark sarcasm in the classroom Teacher, leave them kids alone And we're back. 
You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on Republic Broadcasting. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. A lot of technical problems tonight. That's okay, folks. We will plod through it if we have to. You know, willpower will prevail. And uh, no matter what happens, they're not going to stop me from getting this information out there. You know, whether it's just a technical glitch or whether it may be some kind of a deliberate effort, regardless of what the case may be, uh, I'll, I'll trod on, okay? And we'll, we'll plow through it if we have to. But the information's getting out there one way or another. So going back to this, um, uh, covering this dynamic of order followers, if you look at what an order follower really is, okay, and th- this is, uh, again, I've put a lot of images here together over the next many slides from slide number 128 through slide number 137. So it's just m- multiple images of different order followers in their regalia, in their cult uniforms, because let's face it, that's what really we're talking about are cult members, okay? We're talking about people who are psychologically infantile, completely spiritually immature beings that really haven't developed any critical thinking skills for themselves. They may think they do from an intellectual point of view, but in reality, they don't really know how to undergo uh, to, to, to go through the process of truth discovery within their own minds, to actually go through that process of taking in information, processing it, weeding out the logical inconsistencies and the inconsistencies that are violations of natural law against other beings, and then choosing behaviors that are actually within compliance with the laws that govern right and wrong behavior. So uh, they don't really do that. What they do is they listen to someone else, what they were told, and they say, yes, I will perform that behavior. I will perform that action. And that's all they do. So there, there's no processing stage, okay? There's really no input of information. They're not processing that data. They're not weeding out logical inconsistencies. They don't go through that process of truth discovery at all. They believe and accept that someone else has authority over them, and then they actually then simply move from taking the order, from receiving the order that someone else communicated to them through words, directly to behavior, directly to action, regardless of whether they've processed that command and decided whether it is in harmony with morality or not. That's what the definition of order following is is not going through that processing stage and determining for yourself based on the knowledge of the difference between right and wrong behavior whether the command you were just given is right or wrong. And I've gone farther than this and said to people, I don't care whether you're given a quote-unquote moral order. If, If somebody like orders you, help those homeless people over there. And you go and do it just because someone in a perceived position of authority commanded you to do it, not because you recognized that it was the right behavior to take. It's still an immoral behavior. It's still, I don't care whether the result is good, folks. If the result is good, the actual following of the order was still immoral. Because what did you do in the following of that order? You abdicated your personal responsibility that no one else can take from you, that you can give to no one else. You attempted to abdicate a gift of creation that you cannot actually abdicate to another being called your free will decision-making process. 
to determine for yourself whether that action was right or wrong. And then take it based on that knowledge, not because someone else told you to take it. In the performance of the following of any order, whether it is, quote, a moral order or, quote, an immoral order, does not make a difference whether the, the person, what the intention of the order giver was. Even, I'll, I'll even go so far as to say the intention of, not only the, the intention of the order follower doesn't matter, the intention of the order giver doesn't matter. This is the, where the New Age community and the religious community have it completely backwards and completely wrong. Because what they want to say is the most important part of this dynamic and this interaction is the intention. And what I've try, been trying to explain to people from day one on this radio show and this podcast is the intention of a behavior does not matter at all at all all that matters is did you take the behavior or did you not take this particular behavior if if the end result was something that harms another being and you took it that's all that matters that's it and that's called a wrongdoing and there's going to be consequences for that behavior the end it works flawlessly 100% of the time, all the time that way. And the problem here is, folks, the ego has a problem with those absolutes. It doesn't want to think that there's any such thing as absolutism anywhere in the universe. It wants to think everything is hazy, everything is fuzzy, everything is shades of gray, everything is relative. And I'm here to tell you that's not how the universe functions, okay? And I'm not asking you to believe me. It's not that way because I say it's that way. It's not my opinion that it's that way. Laws of nature have nothing to do with how I personally feel about anything. My opinions, my likes, my preferences. For years and years and years, I had to admit that I was wrong about how things worked until I really learned the way it does work. You know, because that's what the ego is. It's that force that sits between you and truth, that sits between you and universal law, that says it can't be this way. I don't want it to be this way. I'm uncomfortable with it being this way. Oh, I, I can't accept that it's that way. Well, who cares what you think is the way that it operates? Either works that way or it doesn't work that way. It's not in a matter of opinion. Like gravity is not a matter of opinion. Mathematics isn't a matter of opinion. Hey, oh, common core mathematics might be a matter of opinion. I'm sorry. You know, in common core, they state it may be valid that four times three equals 11 or that two plus two equals five. It's just a matter of reasoning about how you got to that answer. And we'll, we'll, we'll accept the wrong answer as, as being valid. You know, this is the kind of completely illogical lunacy that goes on in the indoctrination of, of school children in the modern day through, through this ridiculous thing called common core, you know. And it's the same way that the human just justification process works in the human ego. You know, it says, I'm just going to reason and try to work out why it was okay for me to perform this immoral, evil behavior. And somehow that'll make it okay. That'll convert it into a right. And too many people want to give these people license and they want to give them clearance and they want to give them some kind of acceptance for why they chose the behavior that they chose. As if... I was just following my orders as some kind of a valid excuse. As if I was, I was being led by, I was, I was a member of the cult. I was brainwashed. Well, would you let off a member of a cult 
who went off and started murdering people and you just say, oh, he was completely brainwashed. He was a member of a cult. He, he thought that he was doing the right thing because the cult leader told him it was acceptable. Would, would that fly? You know? No, of course it wouldn't. You'd say, did you perform this immoral behavior? Then you need to be held responsible for it. Just because people wear a uniform and somehow think that they undergo whatever political or, or uh, uh, you know, military rituals and they're wearing some special uniform with some occult regalia symbols on it, that somehow makes them excused for the immoral behavior that they undertook? Or because they were listening to the perceived authority figure? Whether he's called the Pharaoh or the king or the, or the uh, you know, the Fuhrer? You know? No. Or the dictator? What's the difference? Who told you why it was okay for you to do that thing that harmed somebody else? All that matters is, did you do it? Period. And that's what these children do not understand. Let's, let's just say what these people clearly are. Not my opinion about who, who or what they are. It's what they actually are. These are self-loathing children who don't have any true self-respect, whose mommy and daddy didn't pay enough attention to them when they were growing up, so they have either mommy issues or daddy issues, who don't want the true personal responsibility, which isn't something that they can actually abdicate or give away in reality. They don't want the responsibility to choose themselves through knowledge the difference between right and wrong behavior. And so in that willful ignorance, they want to say, I'm going to do this because somebody else, somebody else commanded me to do it. Ladies and gentlemen, your call's on the other side. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on RBN. Let's climb through the tide. You know the day destroys the night. Night divides the day. Try to run, try to hide Break on through to the other side Break on through to the other side Break on through to the other side, yeah Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on Republic Broadcasting. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. And we're into the third hour of the broadcast for this evening. We've had some technical difficulties, but we're plotting our way through it as we always will. And, you know, it's uh, not going to deter us in any way whatsoever. As promised, I'm going to be taking your calls uh, during this hour of the broadcast. The toll-free number to join us 800-313-9443. Once again, the toll-free number to join us, 1-800-313-9443. And before I go to the phones uh, in this segment, I just want to wrap up uh, this uh, segment that I almost completed uh, during the last segment of the show by saying I want people to look through the slides with the order followers on them. Uh, and I want you to start from slide 128 and proceed through slide number 137. And I'm going to end tonight's uh, presentation section on slide number 138, okay, which is the quote for the order followers. But I just want you to look at the, into the eyes of the people and uh, that I've presented in these slides. And just tell me if you have the discernment to recognize what I'm saying as the truth, that these are people who are 
psychological children. You can see it in their eyes when you look at it. They're looking for approval. They want to make mommy and daddy proud of them. And mommy and daddy in this case is the state. They want to be like all the other good boys and girls, standing in a line straight up, uniform looking perfect, absolutely no individuality, nothing in the eyes, certainly nothing going on between the ears. Okay? Um, these are people who, if you talk to them and engage them one-on-one, -on -one, think they're intelligent beings when they have not one drop of true intelligence among them all. They could have intellect, left brain intellect, but that doesn't mean that they have one ounce of true intelligence or wisdom among their whole population. Okay? And just look into their eyes in these slides. And you can just see the faces of children. What you're really you're looking, really at, looking is at, at is a child, child emotionally. emotionally. You know? Yeah. And, and what, what I just what want I people, just want to, people end to end up looking at, looking at is, is why do these people want to continue to be the people, be the people who suppress the spirit of freedom? freedom on earth what would motivate and drive somebody to do that and the ultimate answer to that question is they don't want the personal responsibility that goes along with the personal responsibility that goes along with determining for themselves what the difference between right and wrong behavior actually is and what that dynamic is is wanting to remain in per in permanent childhood because that's what a child wants a child doesn't want that personal responsibility for themselves so these are people who have never grown up emotionally they've never grown up psychologically mentally in knowledge and they've certainly never grown up spiritually in their understanding of what's really going on here on earth so my quote for them and again that's my challenge to people just look through these slides, look deeply into the, 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 the faces of the beings you see in these slides as they're looking into the camera that took the image of them. And tell me if you cannot, can or cannot see that what you are actually staring into is the spiritual essence of a child. And an angry child at that. A child who hasn't absolutely learned any lessons. A child who wants to remain a child, who doesn't want to grow up even though they're on the verge of adolescence. You know? It's a child who doesn't want to listen to reason. A child who doesn't want to better itself. Because it doesn't have any knowledge. It has no knowledge within it. So, what my very harsh and vitriolic quote is toward the order followers of this world is, quote, what I'm the the words I'm putting to them that they are actually speaking to the world, whether they understand that this is what they're saying to the world or not, is quote, "We are the house slaves. We would rather enslave our own species, ourselves included, because they're taking part in the enslavement of humanity. They're not separate from that. You know, they're being enslaved as a result of what they're doing." them and their children and their children's children. We'd rather enslave our entire species, including ourselves, rather than grow up, rather than develop real courage 
Not what we think of as courage. Not what we think of that we're some kind of big bad men, which they're not at all. They're little punk boy children that don't have any at all, one drop of real courage within them. Because real courage would say, no, I will not partake in immoral behavior. Real courage would say, no, I'm not going to allow all the immoral things that are done in the name of my so-called brotherhood of other gang members to go on unchecked, you know? And I'll just keep my mouth shut and go along with whatever I'm told to do and whoever's other crimes I'm told to cover up. No, they don't have any real courage. Zero. None. Not one. Ever. Ever. Courage to, to... shoot somebody with a gun because of some crime they're committing, that's not what real courage is ultimately about. Because you're told to do it by the state. I don't care what seemingly heroic deed they're doing in the name of the state. It's not real courage, folks. Real courage is standing in truth no matter who understands it or not. Real courage is speaking truth no matter who is opposed to it or not. No, regardless of how extreme other people think it is because of how flawed their thinking is. Real courage is being in the minority of one if you're on the side of right, regardless of how many other people oppose you if they're on the side of wrong. That's what real courage is. And these people don't have an ounce of it among the lot of them. Never have. Okay? So they'd rather enslave themselves rather than grow up, develop real courage, and think for themselves. That's what they're saying to humanity, whether they understand it at a conscious level or not, it doesn't matter. So really take heed in those words. Really take them into your consciousness and mull over it a little bit and think about it. Think about what I've said. And share that with an order follower. Put it in their face. You know? Don't be naive and shy and and gun-shy about it, you know, and timid. This isn't a time to be timid as we're losing our freedom as a species. These people need to know there's no excuse, there's no justification for their criminal behavior. These are thug criminals that don't care about the difference between right and wrong one day in their lives, even though they'll say they do. They don't know the difference between it. All right? So I just wanted to say that emphatically to end this section. In the next few weeks, we'll cover other portions of this presentation, including some very important researchers whose work people should know about. I'll be providing some links and possibly some actual materials from them. Uh, regarding the interference theory of human origins and then in upcoming weeks we will talk about fictional and creative allegories particularly in Hollywood movies that deal with these dynamics of cosmic abandonment. So I just wanted to you know, get that out there to complete this section of the presentation even though I cut into call time a little bit. So um, let's see. We have about one minute remaining, so I'll go to your calls in the next segment. Again, I feel it was uh, worthwhile to take up that that time in this first segment. I know I have some callers holding on the line, and I, I know uh, you're very anxious to get your points across on the air. So I just wanted to wrap up that section with uh, uh, explaining this last part about 
the, the group think dynamics of order followers, where they're coming from, and what ultimately their behavior is saying to humanity. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on Republic Broadcasting. Well, I finished my presentation segment for this evening, so let's go to the phones for the duration of the show. Let's hear from Ray in Boston. Ray, you are live on What on Earth is Happening. Welcome to the show. Hey, Mark. How are you doing? I'm Uh, doing well. Great. By the way, I've listened. uh, I'm a big fan. I've listened to probably thousands of hours of, <laughs> of your presentation at this point so I appreciate that I feel I feel like I know you um, but um, I want to get down to the brass tacks which is how do we deal with the outliers how do you deal like see my my um, my thought is is that you know you're trying to change people's consciousness and it seems to me that consciousness has to change before um, you can really deal uh, with people and like not everyone's going to get on board you know what I mean so like how do you deal with people that are psychopaths how do you deal with people that are mentally ill how do you deal with people that are just not on board with um, uh, you know this view of reality um how do you deal with that? How do you how do you how do you uh, incorporate that into like how you know how you go about your daily life? Yeah, it's ver- very very uh, important question there. Uh, not 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 an easy answer. I, I wish I did have an easy answer to that. Um, is regarding primary psychopaths and the mentally ill. Um, if the bulk of humanity were able to come out of their brainwashing and reach a higher level of consciousness and reach an understanding of truth, those individuals would not have to be quote-unquote dealt with as much as we would think. The morality that would be being uh, lived within and displayed, so to speak, by the bulk of the population would practically negate those forces in the world. And I'm not saying there still wouldn't be effects that they could create, but they would be so mitigated that we would not even talk about their effects. It would be like a mosquito, you know, one mosquito compared to right now, uh, we're being, you know, it's like a, uh, it's like a, uh, uh, absolute, um, uh, bludgeoning by, you know, uh, a deluge of, of beings that are completely stuck in low-level consciousness because of where we're at, you know, because of the level of unconsciousness that that humanity is trapped in. And how we affect that is ultimately at an individual level. You have to reach people that, through the knowledge that they've already taken into themselves and have gone somewhat part way you can start to pull them over all the way to the the higher and deeper levels of truth. And that's what things like this radio show progression are about, you know. And other people can start doing that. They could put their own presentations together. They could put their own videos together, their own documentaries, their own podcast series. Ultimately, it's about creating 
my, my ultimate answer to this question is you counteract the un, the dynamic of unconsciousness through the act of creation. That's what the ultimate force that counteracts this negative dynamic is. See, I had to create artwork and arrange things in my way. Maybe I didn't create every single aspect of it. I pulled things from here and there to make slides and, and make my presentation dynamics and aesthetics the way that they are. But that's an act of creation. Making a poster, reaching out to people, you know, uh, the, just the, the style that you speak in, you know, putting that out there, recording it. You know, it, it, it's media creation. Ultimately, cre it, it's a form of art. You know, regardless of what you want to call it, you know, you're, you're reaching other people's consciousness through a form of media, okay? And you could do this in person from your lips to their ears, but you can only reach so many people that way. If you, the, through the dynamic interaction that we have with others through this medium called the internet, we can reach consciousness that is far removed from us, that we never would meet in real life. How many people's lives have I possibly affected that I've never met? never met and will never meet in my natural lifetime or theirs. Yet we have a bond and a connection. Like you said, you feel like you know me. We do know each other. All the people who care about truth ultimately know each other. That's the real true family that's operating here on earth. That we're trying to take other people into the fold of this family. You know, the, the, it's the real humanity, the awakened human spirit of people who care for truth and care for the difference between right and wrong and want to be on the side of right. Not in an appearance, not because they think they are, but because they really definitively know they are through knowledge that is objective and is unwavering and unchanging. You know, the, the laws of nature, the, the knowledge of the difference between right and wrong, that's, that constitutes, the, the people who know that constitute a family. They constitute a dynamic interacting group of individuals who are working to change consciousness on earth. They're doing the great work. They are, they are the true workers that are performing the great work here on earth to end slavery. So that's how we have to do it through creating media. We create, we put it and put it out there in any way that you have the talent to do it. Write a book, write a story, write a fictional allegory, write a screenplay, paint a painting, Make music that deals with these themes. B make a podcast. Make a documentary. It doesn't matter how you do it. Create something. Put it out there for others in a way that they can understand it. Period. That's ultimately the answer. Again, how each individual does that, that's their own, you know, contribution to the work. But, um, you know, uh, that's what we ultimately have to, have to work toward is, you know, using our creative abilities to put the truth out there to others. And again, it doesn't make a difference who's ready to hear it or not. Admittedly, some people are very unconscious and not ready to hear the truth. It doesn't make a difference. Plant the seed in their consciousness by unwaveringly and unapologetically speaking the truth in their presence. A, a seed of truth that is spoken aloud cannot be unheard. And maybe it will sprout later down the line. We do not know that. You know, but if you don't speak it out there to them, you can't say that you actually put that seed out there, possibly for, for growth and development later on. 
So great question, Ray. I hope I've partially answered that. And I uh, admit it's a tough thing to do, but we have to get on that playing field and, and get to work doing it. Let's hear from CJ in Los Angeles, California. CJ, you're live on What on Earth is Happening. Welcome. He's in Iowa. I'm sorry, uh, CJ in Iowa. Uh, yeah, I'm from Iowa. <laughs> sorry, it looked like on the screen, it's it looked like L.A., but it was I.A. My apologies. <laughs> hey, no problem. Hey, thanks a lot for all the great work you're doing. Thank um, you. It's all the kind of the new age bullshit that I've been kind of going through. It's really great to finally stumble upon this information. It's so it's, it's mind expanding, and it's, I can't thank you enough. Well, I appreciate but, uh, that greatly. Uh, my question is concerning uh, your resources, because uh, when I started getting kind of into meditation and some of the new age stuff that was going along with it, I came across Ram Das. Yes. And uh, how does Ram Das and uh, well, his guru is Maharaji. Uh, how does well Ram Das is yeah with uh, Timothy Leary. Mm-hmm. How does Ram Das fit in the whole picture? Well, I've, I've looked at a lot of Ram Dass's work, and uh, I wouldn't necessarily just gr- throw him and group him in with, like, New Age gurus. Uh, I do like some of the work that he's put out there regarding transcendental meditation and calming the mind and being able to really listen to the voice of truth by getting your own mental chatter and mental noise out of the way. So some of the things that he's discussed regarding meditation I uh, take as valuable. I'll continue telling you my, my thoughts on Ram Dass after this break. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to What on Earth is Happening. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on RBN. We're taking your calls for the duration of the show. Um, CJ was asking me uh, before the break what I thought of Ram Dass's work, and I was saying that uh, regarding the information he covers about transcendental meditation, I find it useful, and um, I kind of pretty much will take some of... uh, the information that uh, people like this put forward regarding spiritual practices in the realm of um, quieting the mind, getting in touch with the inner self, exploring the world of deeper consciousness within, uh, and take that. But then if they don't really go farther in their understanding of what's going on in the world, you know, I'll take that part that I feel does do good and does resonate and does, uh, you know, help people to uh, advance spiritually uh, through that practice and then, you know, leave the rest, so to speak. It's like we don't have to agree with every single thing or every aspect of somebody's work to feel that they're putting out something that 
makes a valuable contribution. So I think his work on meditation is very valuable. Uh, I've never told people that meditation isn't something that should be practiced or engaged in. It is uh, very transformative if it's used correctly, if it's used properly and in a state of balance to balance the mind, but not take us too far in a state of right brain imbalance. With that having been said, someone who really doesn't understand the occult aspects of what is going on in the world often takes a more right brain imbalanced bent to spirituality and again that's where it becomes something that you have to be careful with because again in my streetwise spirituality seminar um, out of all the things that I could have chosen as the number one factor of what it means to truly be an awake being what was my number one factor for what being awake really means? A, a being who is truly awake in this world understands the occult. They know what occult information actually is, what it contains, how it is used, who, who uses it, the reasons they use it uh, for, okay? And they are working with that knowledge. And they are trying to expand that knowledge to more people, to more people's minds. So it levels the playing field and it, it stops hiding this critical knowledge of ourselves and the laws of nature that we so desperately need to understand deeply if we're going to change this planet for the better, if we're going to change our species for the better. Okay, so the number one factor, in my opinion, that makes a, a person awake is that they understand the occult. And that's something that you will not hear from any other researcher that is talking about consciousness, that is talking about spirituality, that is talking about what it means to be awake. I've never heard one other bit person say that as a true factor of what it means to be a spiritually enlightened human being. That you understand what the occult really is. So essentially, my seminar coming up in Connecticut next month, early next month, October 4th, in Manchester, Connecticut, it completely expands and unpacks that very first factor that I talked about in Streetwise Spirituality. Well, if the very first factor in what it means to be awake truly is to know about the occult, all of these people who claim that they're enlightened gurus and enlightened teachers of humanity that are involved in any other aspect of consciousness or, or awakening or, you know, how, how, however you want to word it, whatever you want to call it, how many of them have deep occult knowledge? How many of them are really involved in the exposing of occult knowledge to the masses of people in the world? How many of them really know about the dark side of the occult and how that's controlling the world right now? And, and how that knowledge can be used in a, in a very disempowering way if people are ignorant of its techniques, of that knowledge and how these techniques can be employed. I'd say the vast majority of these so-called spiritual teachers have no clue about the occult. You go to a New Age Expo, you go to a spiritual expo, not one person there that I've ever really run into deeply knows about the occult. Certainly not the dark aspects of it. Certainly knows nothing about Satanism and dark Luciferianism at work in the world. You know, zero, zero. So that's, this is an extended answer to this question about what I feel about certain, quote, you know, spiritual gurus or whatever who 
I would say I, I, I will take the information from them that they have correct and that they work with in a, in a good way. And then I will also look at the overall well-roundedness of their information and say, well, do they have the whole picture? And sadly, the answer usually comes back. They have part of the picture, but they haven't gone all the way. They're one of the people that I call, and I don't want to make it such a vitriolic thing. They're people who haven't gone all the way. They're, they're part-wayers or half-wayers, you know? It's just a, it's just a name to, to call it. It's a label admittedly it's a label okay not trying to beat up on them or say that they're all their information is worthless you have to take their information and see it in terms of the big wider picture and in many cases a lot of these researchers and teachers don't have the whole picture but the aspects that they do cover in many cases they do a good job with those so I can kind of consider Ram Dass in, in one of those in, in that kind of category I hope that answers your question Let's hear from Derek in Cal- in Colorado. Derek, you're live on What on Earth is Happening. Welcome to the show. It's it's Eric, not Derek. Eric, I apologize. I'm, I'm all over the place tonight. Co- technical issues, uh, you know, uh, issues with uh, my uh, my um, you know uh, production value tonight. But hey, the information is still there. Uh, Eric, uh, sorry about that. You're live on the show. What do you have for us this evening? Hey, thanks. You know, I, I thought I called in with uh, with an idea of what I wanted to talk about, but what you have just been talking about is actually basically the specialty subject of the study of my life. So, um, and you have played a huge role in this. I mean, basically, what you were what you were just saying that there's a tremendous amount of useful, valuable information in you know the current spiritual and religious circles out there. Um, I have a master's degree in religious studies from Naropa. I lived in a Buddhist monastery for two years um, with a lot of people who were constantly talking about liberation and about becoming free from conditioning. Um, And I will corroborate your opinion, at least in the uh, mostly traveled in Buddhist circles. Um, There is no knowledge of the occult. None. (laughs) There is no, I mean, it, it, it was just dramatic. I mean, how focused these people were on ending suffering, and I was looking around, and and actually, you know, your teaching has been absolutely a lightning bolt in my life of integrating both of these sides. But um, not only not of the occult, but not of, you know, what we know about, like, how the economy is structured to create suffering, and, you know, how people are just following, you know, wildly delusional visions of how humans are living on Earth. Yep. Um, and they they absolutely avoided it. If you brought it up, it was very much hammered down, and that's yep. not what we're about here. That's not, you know... Right. So... Look, can we try to focus in on what this dynamic really is that you're bringing up here? Because I think this is very powerful, what you're stating and explaining to people. It's something that I have personally witnessed. You've clearly witnessed it. What can we really say about what this dynamic is? What is ultimately being de-emphasized? What are they ultimately trying to tell people we don't really need to focus on? Can we, you get to the heart of it? Um, you know, I, I have to sort of feedback to you the answer you've already given to this. And I think even Buddhism, I mean, I think these things go back to the very beginning of protecting centralized, hierarchical, controlling power. Through um, controlling what? 
you know, controlling human behavior, getting people to march in line and, and pay their taxes and pay their, their tithes to the church and, and to get people basically to uh, abide in a, in a framework of obedience that, so, that serves controllers. I, you know, totally, the- I totally agree with what you're saying there. The essence that I wanted to just hit upon real quick before this ne- next break catches us, okay, is yeah. what is ultimately being suppressed here, Eric, is knowledge. Knowledge of the actual events that are going on, hidden knowledge, and how beings of lower consciousness who wish to control our species are using that knowledge to control us. That's what these religious gurus, in many cases, do not want people to look at. And the question would have to be asked, if they are truly for the liberation of our species, is why would they not want people to look into those vistas of knowledge? We'll pick this up on the other side of the break, ladies and gentlemen. Stay with us. Silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a code of silence and it can't go on. Welcome back, everyone. Final segment of What on Earth is Happening for tonight. We were taking your calls. I want to uh, thank Eric in Colorado for his uh, great insights that he brought up in his call uh, regarding occulted knowledge and uh, its de-emphasis in uh, you know, religious and New Age tra- traditions. And um, uh, let's see if we can squeeze in a couple more callers before the end of the show. Let's let's hear from Thomas in Toronto. Thomas, you are live on What on Earth is Happening. Welcome to the show. You lost Thomas. Oh, I'm sorry. Thomas looks like he dropped off the call. I apologize for that. Let's uh, if if you want to try to call back in, I'll take I'll put you to the head of the queue. Um, let's hear from Kevin in Illinois. Kevin, you're live on What on Earth is Happening. Welcome. Hi, Mark. I just wanted to start off by saying, like many others, how much I appreciate uh, your willingness to put out the truth to everyone. Thank you. Uh, I was going to actually wrote down what I was going to say, but you kind of already answered the questions with all the other previous callers, so I'm just going to go a bit informal here and tell you something I experienced when I first listened to you. Sure. Um, so... It was actually like, I was listening to one of your presentations on YouTube, and I I think it was when you were talking about the masculine and feminine mind, and I experienced something that I only described as like, if you've ever heard of ego death, I lost my sense of self. Wow. Interesting. Um, what? I said, wow, that's very interesting that, uh, you know, that particular piece of information had such a profound effect upon you. Yeah, I mean... Um, I was also thinking about like other works you've incorporated when I was listening to you talking about that. I was thinking about the government, and I specifically remember looking outside the window, and I just saw nature, nothing else. I saw no people trying to like govern me. I saw no government like looking over back, and I realized it was all in my head. The government, everything. I saw the control of you through thinking 
them thinking that, or you thinking that they had authority. And that triggered, um, this is just trains of thoughts and it eventually led, after like a minute or so, led to me thinking I didn't exist. And it was actually really terrifying, but I'm glad I had that experience. It's, because kind, it's kind of like your worldview began to crumble in that moment about what you thought reality was actually about. I mean, am I correct or am I off about that? No, that's exactly it. It changes completely. Before like before I experienced ego death, I didn't even I didn't buy any of this. I was really an asshole. I was atheist. <laughs> but I flipped completely after like a minute. It was insane. Now, I think we all have different moments where it's almost like a bolt of lightning hits us. It's like a where we could almost put our finger on where we really started to grasp things you know for some it's like the the realization that what we are here to do is learn and grow in awareness and consciousness and truth for some it's like that real understanding that what's being done to our species is to try to control and enslave us that's what it was for me you know and, and then I immediately continued to try to search and learn more about the truth of what's really going on. When I realized that this was about the enslavement of our race, the enslavement of our species, and I mean permanent enslavement, that shot my consciousness, you know, like a rocket ship, you know, almost out of my body, out of, my, out of the confines of where it was. It, it, it was an amazing thing to know, to definitively know such a negative thing. You know, uh, it, it, that that negative uh, realization was like the greatest gift that could ever have been possibly given to me because my life changed so much practically in that moment, you know, and, you know, it's it's a different trigger for different people. But ultimately, I think there's something that always just speaks to the center of us, the, to the spark of consciousness within us that, you know, says, I've been slumbering and then it, it it somehow ignites that that spark, and it becomes a flame. And then there's no turning back. There's no turning back from that point. You can't put that fire out. You cannot close that box. You cannot go back to sleep. You cannot unhear or unlearn what you've already learned. So, uh, Kevin, I want to thank you for sharing that personal anecdote about you know your your own quote-unquote bolt of lightning that happened in your life and I'm glad I could play a role in that and uh, that's what it's all about folks it's about influencing others in the way that you just heard and I get people emailing me every day telling me that I was part of that process and I couldn't be more thankful that I was able to help people in that way and this is all I'm asking other people to step up and do help the one Come forward and help us do this work. Help the people who are already putting the truth out there by contributing to that chorus of voices. We need help. We can't do this by ourselves. We're not powerful enough to change the consciousness of this planet on our own in the numbers and the limited numbers that we're doing the great work in. We need help. We're asking for help. Come over and become a teacher. Learn so much that you know this material well enough that you can teach it. That's ultimately what I'm asking people to be a part of. So, Kevin, I thank you for that call. Really uh, uh, powerful, powerful uh, information there. Powerful personal anecdote. I can't thank you enough. Let's, uh, let's hear from Jonathan in Kentucky. Jonathan, you are live on What on Earth is Happening. Welcome. That's uh, a very odd, Mark. I got the last end of the call 
today, or tonight I should say, as I did on episode 166. I was the veteran that called in, if you remember. Yes, I do. Uh, I have a... Uh, I was listening to what you were speaking of, and uh, could I express what, what I feel, not much what I think on, sure. on the importance of, of not only your work, and people call and thank you. Callers, and myself included, we need to have people call and thank us from your work and I'm sorry Thomas you uh, I'm sorry uh, Jonathan you you were breaking up there a little bit can you repeat that last uh, segment that you started getting into I said uh, we need to have all the callers need to be having people calling us thanking us for our work instead of all of us calling and thanking one individual sure that's exactly you know? right powerful that that, that that I couldn't have expressed it better myself you know get on the battlefield start taking part in this transformative change effort and then you don't exactly. need you don't need to go and give out accolades to other people i mean I, i'm very 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 appreciative of all my mentors that helped me awaken and, and come to the truth about what's going on in this world in this life and i couldn't express more gratitude to them but it's like i'm not going to make that my focus i said i looked at everything that was going on I looked at what I had come to know and I said now what can I do to contribute to other people becoming aware of this how am I going to communicate this in my own personal way in my own personal style I'm not just going to leave it up to others I'm going to get involved in that process that's what I'm asking people ultimately to do that's stepping into true courage that's real wisdom because you're putting that knowledge into real world action and that's what converts it into true wisdom so, absolutely uh, powerful, Jonathan. Uh, what else do you have for us? Uh, you spoke of spark, and I was kind of thinking within myself um, that the purpose, or maybe the reason we're here is, um, you think it, the warrior spirit could be that spark and that we incarnate here on this planet, because if it doesn't stop in this dimension, it could be reverberated into the universe sure. for something very dark. I think we are here to we are here to grow that spark. People like look at it like, oh, we already have a soul. Maybe what we're here to do is truly develop a soul. You know, to work upon the soul, to make it grow, to make it expand, to make it uh, take in different experiences and truly learn and grow from those experiences. You know, that's what soul development is all about. And that's ultimately what I feel we are here to do, to learn and to grow in consciousness and to work upon that soul matter. You know, so absolutely, uh, you know. That that is that is the the essence of why we are on this planet to begin with, you know. And this is like a, a huge school. It's a school in spirituality. It's a school in natural law. It's a school in consequences of behavior. It's a school of truth, you know. To learn learn through the the actual hands on hard knock experience of doing things wrong and then learning from those mistakes. The the catch is, the trick is, we have to learn from the mistakes, not ignore them, not try to pretend that they didn't happen, or not try to sanitize everything so that mistakes can't happen. The, the suffering that takes place could be one of the biggest gifts of all, 
if our minds are open to understand from that suffering what it was that we did wrong and then to correct those behaviors. So thanks so much for the call, Jonathan. Thanks for all the callers. The best callers in talk radio are right here on this program. Ladies and gentlemen, that's all the time we have for this week. Remember, there's only two mistakes you can ever make on the path to truth, not starting and not going all the way. We'll see you right here next week. Thanks for listening, everyone. Good night.